0: their songwriting techniques, and occasionally getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. Welcome to episode 203. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Sly Withers. The lovable indie punk band from Perth are releasing their incredible third studio record today, which is entitled Overgrown. In today's episode, we're welcoming Sam and Jono back to the pod to discuss the expansion of the band's sound, the success of Gardens, and touring with bands that they love. Here we go. Our guests today are the two co-frontmen of Perth indie punk band, Sly Withers. Following on from the success of their brilliant Gardens record from last year, they are able to finally complete their huge Australian tour with Teenage Jones and Noah Dillon earlier this year. Now, today, they're releasing their third studio record, Overgrown please welcome back to this song is yours jonah and sam from sly withers gentlemen hello once again hello
1: hey uh how you doing
0: <laughs> i'm doing well how are both of you yeah doing well yeah. doing well you,
1: you alright? yeah yeah
0: that's good to hear good to hear both of you keeping well since we've last spoke i think a year ago or so
1: yeah Sorry, we're we're very we're very early morning vibes at the moment. We're just getting <laughs> oh, the sling of things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can very much appreciate for those listening to the podcast. There is a time difference between Adelaide and WA, and I appreciate the fact that you guys are up quite early to chat to us. So it is <laughs> it is appreciated. Um, I actually do have a little token of appreciation. I know that obviously uh, we spoke a few times last year in the lead up to Gardens. Um, and at the time, you were our first guest on the podcast that had come back for a second time. In the name of trailblazing, once again, you're the first guest to come back a third time. Hell yeah. I think that Skinny, skinny, your manager, I believe, should have a box there for, with one of you.
1: We've Off got bags. <laughs> are we opening them now? Yeah, are please are we, are we
0: go opening? for it. Yeah. It's been so intrigued. This, please know it is nothing of great worth.
1: Oh my god, Simon! Oh wow, (laughs) what the hell! Oh my god, thank you so much. This is the coolest thing I've ever received. We this song is yours, podcast third time members club, sampling it fly with us. (laughs) Yeah,
0: this is awesome. We thought it would be fun. I also have to do a very (sighs) quick disclaimer. You'll be the only third guest that gets this. No other artists after this. It's just the fact that it's the first time. So.
1: <laughs> it's a, it's a pleasure to, <laughs> to receive the honour.
0: No, look, thank you again for your time. It is a very exciting time for the band, and I want to get to the new album, Overgrown, in a second. But if it's all right, I want to kind of talk about the the end of Gardens and the success that that saw because we spoke just before it came out, and then obviously it's been quite a year for you guys since. Um, Firstly, let's talk about, I think it was number 10 on the Aria album charts, which is massive. It was in the top five albums of the year at the end of the year for Triple J, Uh, the much-coveted 69 spot on the Triple J Hottest 100. Um, (laughs) Were you guys, like, surprised by the success of Gardens and how big it became and, and was?
1: Absolutely. Definitely,
2: yeah, like not what we expected to happen and things sort of just kept trickling along like i expected after the first thing happened which i think was getting like feature album i was like "Surely feel like that's the last cool thing that's going to happen with this and then it was sort of just one thing after another
0: we got pretty lucky for a while there was that the same for yourself then
1: yeah it was really cool it was really like every every time something new happened yeah every time something new happened it was like yeah, as Jonah said, we just we we always thought that the, the current thing was the coolest thing that was going to happen. And then suddenly, a couple of weeks later, something wild would pop up and be like, oh my God, then voted us number five in the Triple J album poll or whatever. And charting, like getting in the ARIA charts, that's just like, what is that? How? How did that happen? <laughs> how did people let us, how did people let this happen? You
0: know? It was wild. I, I think it is very well-deserved. I know that the... Gardens tour itself also just kind of took on a whole life of its own as well I feel like every time you'd see the post it would just have new dates added new kind of shows everywhere <laughs> how I know that there was a few issues with that in terms of the dreaded COVID but how was it that, after you guys finally got to kind of take the album on the road and, and complete the tour
2: um I remember those being like some of the best shows that we've ever played I think like in terms of the people that were along with us on that tour, like it was just such a great group of people to take around the country. Um, and just like the rooms were great and the crowds were great. Um, so yeah, I think it was something that we had to wait for a bit. But then when we finally got to do all those shows, it was definitely worth it.
0: The, the tour itself was brilliant for those of you who didn't catch it. You will get a chance to see Sly Withers again into a, a little bit and we'll touch on that a little bit later. Um, but we are here today, and the tour is in place of the new album *Overgrown*, which is coming out today uh, when this podcast is released. Congratulations, guys! This is a beautiful, a huge record, a beautiful record.
1: Thank you, mate. Really appreciate that.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah,
1: <laughs> we're, we're pretty proud of it. Of we're course. pretty pretty stoked.
0: <laughs> as as you should be. This is the the third record from you guys. It is a. I want to say it's like another step forward for the band because sonically it's sounding even big. I didn't think it was possible, but it's sounding even bigger than Gardens. It sounds like you guys have really pushed the envelope on what you want Sly With Us to do and can be. And I, I want to know, firstly, I guess, there was a bit of time between the first album and second album. It's only been a year or just over a year since. What was going on in terms of getting this album out now and, and giving the fans what they want, I guess?
1: We just pushed hell hard, hey like yeah we like (laughs) just kind of like i think i think it was like maybe even like november last year when we had a conversation with our label and they were like how do we feel about recording the next album in february and we were in the middle of like trying to finish that perpetual never-ending tour and we're just like oh my god that's a lot and then we just kind of bought a bunch of demo gear and started like me and johnny just like spent every weekday just like demoing songs and yeah just pushing it as, as much as we could and yeah it kind of like landed in a, nice, a pretty nice little spot I'd like to think.
0: Is that the same for you Jono?
2: Yeah definitely um, I think like some of the songs or like at least ideas for some of them had been kicking around from when we were doing the recordings for Gardens as well so it sort of felt like a never-ending process that we were just still working on those songs and then Um, Yeah, we kind of had to hustle it a bit to get the studio time all wrapped up and done but um, still took out managed to take our time with it and really like give everything the proper shot that each song deserves
0: so I think yeah it was a a really good process this time of how we got through it The record is as I mentioned sounding sonically like a step forward for the band I know that you worked with Dave Parkin or Parko uh, who has worked with artists like Spacey Jane in the past. What was this process like? I guess having someone new to the Sly Withers recording process involved. Um, it was
2: like a really eye-opening experience working with Parko. Like he sort of takes on the role as like an, another member of the band, so he's really working with you from the songs like Inception to its like finished form, um, and he's sort of just like yeah, the extra man in the room, but. He has such a good brain for, like, pushing you to do things that you wouldn't normally try. And I think that's what led to the album sounding the way that it does is that we just had that time with him to, like, go on tangents. And if you spend half a day on something and it ends up sounding stupid, then it doesn't matter. And we just didn't have that luxury last time to really kind of, like, experiment and fuck around a bit, I guess.
1: Yeah, it was the first time that we... Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, it's the first time that we've ever gone in and like worked on the songs as we went. Um, every other recording we've ever done, the song has been like, like basically completely finished and we go in and like the things that will change might be like tones or like maybe like a small lead part or something, but nothing structurally ever changes. Whereas with Parker, we kind of sat down and like tore every song apart from the inside kind of and kind of reassembled and did a lot of like talking about like, what does the record need and how can we achieve that with this song or whatever, you know, like it was we we're really working on the songs the whole time as opposed to just recording them.
0: 100%. I, I was curious. I know that we've uh, spoken about this songwriting method in the band between the two of you. And I guess, yeah, I was going to ask with this third record, whether that changed, whether it was, more maybe not even collaborative but whether that previous kind of formula was was tweaked to to create some of these songs
2: um I would say yeah it was definitely more collaborative especially in the early stages before we went into the studio it was the first time that me and Sam had properly like just the two of us sort of demo done rough demos of everything from the beginning so I think just from working on the songs together instead of you you know previously it would be one of us has a finished song or semi-finished song take it to band band does it and then the demo comes out of that whereas this time it was just me and sam sort of working on the ideas from the beginning and doing the demos at home um which yeah gave us some more time to sort of sit with them and make adjustments as we went before we even got to the studio um and then with parker just that having him collaborate On the inside of that as well was like super beneficial for everything that we created
0: the record is definitely experimenting with like a few different sounds i want to say there's a little bit more there might have been on previous records but i feel like the sound is a little bit more prominent there's acoustic guitars on tongue um i want to talk about uh, don't want to leave in a second as well but i guess in terms of sonic experimentation sam was it something that you and Jono tried out and, and pushed, or was it something that you guys would just discover in the studio when you were playing around and kind of making the songs work?
1: Yeah, I, I think we went in really wanting to make things sound more lush and more pretty from the get go. Like I, we would we always love acoustic guitars. Like acoustic guitars are like how we like came up playing together when we were like busking and stuff outside of cafes and stuff when we were like sixteen. But um just having that layer in the actual recording was a super cool thing um, to do. And then there's obviously like, there's strings and there's a bunch of piano and then there's even timpanies on one song. Um, sampled timpanis, not live real timpanis. We don't have the Coldplay budget <laughs> yet, but we'll work on that. Um, and there's a bit of synth as well. Yeah. It's just like, we, we definitely wanted to push things. We definitely wanted to, see what we where we could go like we've always had the heavy and the power in our sound and i think we just kind of wanted to expand that out wider if that's a is that a good description Jono? is that what we did with the sounds
2: yeah the acoustics especially like i think once we heard them on might have been passing through was the first track that had acoustics put on and just the way that Paco recorded them like they just formed this like really nice layer that sits above everything and um like, even when you don't really hear them, you're still like, kind of aware that they're there. They're filling the space that exists in the song. So from then it was kind of like after hearing it on Passing Through, we kind of wanted it on everything, like acoustics, especially, because it was just it was this layer that like, we couldn't really fill any other way. Um, and I think that adds a lot to like that lushness of sound that Sam was talking about.
0: 100%, I think that lush is a, a very good word to, to describe the album. Um, Sam, a second ago, you just mentioned uh, Coldplay, uh, well, the Coldplay budget. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Last year we spoke about your Like a Version. We spoke about Coldplay and their songwriting. Um, And yeah, the track I wanted to discuss, I guess a little bit more was Don't Wanna Leave, where I feel that if, uh, metaphorically speaking, if the two bands were to have a baby, this is what it would be. It (laughs) seems to blend the best of both in it. it. Starts out with piano, builds to this huge track. And, uh, yeah, I would love to know if if you'll allow us uh, to, I guess, a peek behind the curtain of the inception of the track and where it came from and the the process behind making it.
1: Yeah, that one's a weird one. That's, like, um, I think it was written over a period of, like, maybe, like, I I would write, like, a verse every three months or so for about six months or nine months. I don't know how many verses are there, maths. But... Yeah. I was like, I initially started writing it. It was like, it's super cheesy and super embarrassing, but it was like the day I moved out of home and I was just like packing up all my things, leaving my parents' house for the first time in like 21 years or whatever. And I was just like super overwhelmed and like super emotional having a bit of a moment. And I have like, I have this demo of me like putting the first verse down and I'm like (laughs) kind of like uncontrollably sobbing while I'm recording it. Um, which is a little bit of fun. Um, but I think that the song kind of turned into more of a, yeah, just kind of a just me kind of processing moving out of home and the relationship with the people in my house before and after and all those kinds of things. And like, yeah, a lot of introspection and stuff, but um, it was always just an acoustic song that we had. And then we were never really sure what to do with it sonically. And, yeah, that kind of all came in the studio. I can't even really remember it was one the that we decision-making like, process that went into it being, like, this, like, big chunk of acoustic at a start.
2: I remember being one that we weren't sort of entirely sure was going to make the cut as, like, when... Not make the cut, but would be one that we'd take to band before the recording started. It was just Sam had done the acoustic demo, which I had, like, set up with the and Room stuff, and... Um, and I think it was John from the record label said, like, oh, hey, you guys should try to get some piano sound on this record. I'm like, okay, John, so I had a piano <laughs> set up here and I sort of just went along and figured out the piano part for it. And they were just the two parts that we left it as that until we got into the studio. So we had the piano and the acoustic and then the band thing and the sort of like grandness of that came from working working with Parko on that. and and that like that sort of back half of the song was where the band sort of took over more and did everything. It's definitely
0: a brilliant track.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's worth noting. Jono is the one playing all the piano as well. Um, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I was just gonna say Jono's playing all the piano on that. And the way he learnt it was like, yeah, Johnny, you were just playing along the to track the track demo that I mm. made of just me and the acoustic, right. And mm-hmm, then
2: figured it out. But so I can play that song
1: on piano, but nothing else. <laughs> And John's and, yeah, so Jonah's process is super. Everything's by ear. So it's like Johnna uses a lot of open tunings on the guitar, but the piano just becomes the ultimate open tuned yeah. guitar because every note <laughs> in the world is at your fingertips, which is why I think it gets that such a lush and melodic thing because this guy over here is just trying to find every single note that sounds really pretty and, like, putting it in there and stuff. And then I think even, like, some chords and stuff got changed there, Joe, just because of little things you were finding. Yeah, in there like really subtle changes to what I originally had but just added like
2: just little things that I guess once i sort of learned her and was practicing it it sort of just morphed into like a different part that we then had to like match the acoustic to and what the band was doing but it was a really fun way to sort of go about making a song because like I wouldn't normally have thought to use a piano as almost like it was more just like making a lead line to go along with the song that ended up being, like, the main chord structure through it anyway. So, yeah, it was
0: a fun one. I love that story. I don't know story. how many we have in us. That's, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you both for sharing. Um, I guess, does that mean, Johnny, can we expect you to wheel out the piano or a keyboard while on tour um, next month and, and for the rest of the year?
2: I don't know if it'll happen on this tour. There's a conversation to be had around that, but I think the, the other like good thing about that song is that we can do it without the piano if needed, and it takes on a different form. Like, it would just be a different version of the song, but I think it would suit the live setting really well. Um, but I think it would be a shame to never do the piano, so.
0: I right, look, I'll begin to petition to, to due process to get that piano and timpani money so that we can get you guys the big Sly Withers orchestral show. <laughs> <laughs> That's the dream. That is the dream. (laughs) Um, Gentlemen, as I mentioned, you are going out on tour. (laughs) You are going out on tour next month, uh, I believe, with Moaning Lisa and with a number of other bands uh, to promote the album. How are you feeling about getting back out there? And uh, firstly, playing much bigger venues, might I add. We're definitely um, taking a step up from gardens. These are much bigger rooms. Theatre shows, yeah.
2: A little scary, but they are very excited.
1: Yeah, a bit scary. <laughs> no, nah, it should be it should be really fun. And um, yeah, Moaning Lisa is supporting most of the tour, and then we've got uh, Madura Green in Adelaide, which is a band we've wanted to play with forever. Um, our buddies Towns are flying over to Perth to play the big Perth show at the Astor Theatre, which is like the scariest thing we've ever done. We'll see how that goes, and then um, Tyler Richardson from Luca Brasi is opening. Uh, like two thirds of the tour, three quarters of the tour, a decent portion of the tour. And that being a thing that is happening is the craziest fucking thing for us because we grew up on Luca Brazi and we love that band and we love Thai and we're so fucking excited. That's going to be a thing. So yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be real special. Hopefully we sell enough tickets, but we'll see.
0: (laughs) Fingers crossed. (laughs) From what I've seen online, there seems to be quite a lot of people, myself and my friend, we've picked up our ticket for Adelaide for next week. So very excited about that. And um, yeah, from what I see, there's a lot of people going. So hopefully that is the case. I don't think you'll have an issue selling those tickets. Fingers crossed. (laughs) When you have uh, artists like uh, Tyler opening up for you, um, or or I guess anyone, because as I said, the band has taken that huge step up with Gardens. I feel like Gardens was one of the biggest Australian albums of last year. I've got it, where is it? got it sitting just there as well, <laughs> on the wall. Um, <laughs> Sick. Are you surprised that when other people in the industry, people that you grew up on, have kind of come and expressed their love or, or do they want to kind of get involved with the band in whatever capacity that they can? Um, yeah, I think we've just, like, I think we've just met a lot
2: of great people and, like, yeah, everyone that... I've spoken to has always been like extremely lovely about our music and how we do things. And like, I think it's cool that people are jumping on board and want to be more of part of it. So, Sam?
1: Yeah, it's, it's super cool. Um, yeah, the, just, the, I said before, but the fact that Ty is opening up so many of these shows is such a spin out and it's such a fucking privilege. And it's just so cool that we, I don't know, we found this kind of community of like-minded people, um, around the country that we get to call our friends and we get to have a catch up with every time we're in town or whatever. It's, it's, it's really lovely We're we're super lucky. We're super fortunate. And it's just, yeah, it's nice to feel like everything's a big old love fest sometimes because it can be hard <laughs> on the road. So it's <laughs> nice to have little people everywhere,
0: you know? 100%. I can, I don't want to, I think you've you've hit the nail on the head and I don't want to name it anything other than better there is no name better than Love Fest, so I think um, I will leave it at that. Um, <laughs> lastly, gentlemen, usually we would, as you know, we would ask, I guess, what they're currently listening to, Jono. I'll let you go first, if you'd like, and then Sam, we'll, we'll get to you after, Jono. Uh,
2: what am I listening to at the moment? Um, actually sort of do a bit of a, like, exploration through Taylor Swift's catalog, um, which I haven't done in a, in a while, so. That new album's coming out. I believe it's out very close to this podcast coming out as well. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> so probably listening to more Taylor Swift
0: then as well. <laughs> uh, very solid choice, Sam. What about yourself? <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I've been like, yeah, I've been, I've been having a little bit of a, a little bit of a Fontaine's DC moment recently. Um They're a band that I like, it took me a while to like acquire the taste. Um, and then the thing that kind of like cracked it for me was I was like, it's, I don't think it's true, but I like to think it is that they're kind of just like what Sly would be if we were poetry wankers from Dublin or whatever. (laughs) And I think like that really helped me like get on the level with it. And now I'm like, yeah, rinsing a lot of Fontaines. Um, yeah, really excited for the new 1975 record. All the singles have been sick. Um, I'm always kind of listening to them perpetually. Um, this week, I've been revisiting our album <laughs> Overgrown so that I can do all these interviews um, appropriately and productively. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's a it's a bit of a it's a bit of a busy time. So there's not a whole lot kicking around music wise. But yeah, probably like Fontaines and 1975 are the main things.
0: Well, look, all very solid choices, especially that last one, Overgrown, by the band Sly Withers, from the band Sly Withers. Um, Jono and Sam from Sly Withers, thank you so much for joining us on the pod. And congrats on Overgrown, which is out today. Thank you. And thank you for the third Timers Club trophy. Thank you for the trophy. I
2: haven't had a trophy since I was like, sports kid.
1: Hell yeah. Thanks for having us, Simon.
0: And that's our show. A massive thank you to Sam and Jono from Sly Withers for their time. Overgrown is out now. and We've left links in the show notes if you'd like to buy the record or purchase tickets to their show. We also want to give a huge shout out to Shari at Great Company Collective for helping out with today's interview. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Wednesday and Friday morning. and We now have a Patreon that you can find within the show notes of this episode. You can follow the player's profile on Spotify, and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Until next week, cheers.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.